the during the next chapter twelve. Chapter twelve. Chapter twelve. During the next <laughs> two months. Chapter twelve. I'm a dragon. During the next two months, they visited all the principal points of interest in Florida. Do you want to do sound effects? Wait, what's that? What? Sound effects? Yeah. Go ahead. They vis if you hear anything that um, needs sound effects, just make them. Yeah, but what does that mean? The sound effects? No, okay. what does the thing that you just said? Sound effects? No. Like the thing before, mm. they visited all. Oh, oh. Uh, they visited all the like the main, uh, the most important points of interest in Florida, Ooh. and saw, and saw there was what there was to see. <gasps> they, I see something. Wait, but no words. There were sound effects, not dialogue. They visited Palm Beach and the Everglades, of Miami, and the Big Cypress Swamp. And it was <gasps> on the way across the corner of the swamp that they had a very exciting adventure. That's a word. Uh, it happened no, this way. When they first came to the swamp, most of the animals were afraid and did not want to go into it at all. For it stretched for miles and miles. And there were no roads or paths, and there was no firm ground to walk on. Only water and mud and the great twisted gnarly cypress I roots. I love this chapter. Yeah. It was dark too because That's the trees. That's the sound of them. Um, well, they didn't. They didn't the walk. Mud. They didn't walk in it yet. They didn't want to go in. It was dark too because the trees were so thick. But Jinx said, "Oh, come on, let's see what it's like. We don't have to go very far in. What are you afraid of?" So they started in. They started in. They started in the the swamp. Oh. At first, it wasn't very hard walking. But soon the mud and water got deeper and the trees thicker together. And after a while longer, there wasn't anything to walk on at all. Only water and trees. Water. I'm going, I'm going back, said Mrs. Williams. And the other animals said they were too. Even Jinx agreed they couldn't go any further. When they started to go back, they found they hadn't the slightest idea of which way to go. They had turned and twisted in and out among the trees so many times that they didn't know from which direction they had come. The water covered their footprints so they couldn't follow them. And over their heads, the branches were so thick that they couldn't see the sun. We are in a mess, said Henrietta, who had been riding on Hank's back. I hope you're satisfied, Jinx. It won't help any to call names, said Mrs. Wiggins. Come along, let's try this direction. One way is as good as another, and this looks as if it might be right. And so they went on with Mrs. Wiggins in the lead. It was very dark and dismal. The water was black and long beards of gray moss hung down from the branches of the trees. Again and again, they had to swim. The animals who could not swim climbed on the larger animals' backs. At last, it did seem as if they were coming out on dry land. Ahead of, them, ahead of them, they could see sunlight through the tree trunks. Um, and they floundered and stumbled onward as fast as they could go. In a few minutes, they came out on the bank of what seemed to be a small canal. And beyond the canal was a grassy meadow, green and pleasant in the bright sun. <laughs> no, she didn't get hurt. In a few minutes... Uh, in a 
few minutes, they came out of the bank on what seemed like a small canal. In a few minutes, they came out of the bank on what seemed like a small canal. And beyond the canal was a grassy meadow, green and pleasant in the bright sun. <gasps> this is where the goat comes in. Well, don't give it away. Um, well, this certainly isn't the way we came, said Mrs. Wiggins. Wait, why would they find a goat in the swamp? But my word, that grass looks good. Yeah, remember the mud sounds? Oh. I guess we could get away with a few mouthfuls of that, Hank. Come along, animals, let's swim over. It's something to stand on at any rate. Look out, don't bump your noses on those logs, said Jinx, pointing with one claw to what looked a lot like tree trunks. Oh, this is the alligator. Laying half underwater in the middle of the canal. So they all swam over, but oh, as, they, I love this part. The as they were all they were climbing out of the further bank, Henrietta began to cackle excitedly. Uh, look, look, the logs are all coming to life. Oh, and sure enough, they, they had what they had thought were logs had suddenly started swimming after them. They were alligators. I certainly do Grandfather not. alligator? I think a cow would be a perfect snack for an alligator. It's just all meat, not very fast. Um, I certainly do not like this place, said Mrs. Wiggins. But like most cows, she had a, snout, a stout heart. Oh, the grandfather alligator would be like two of me and, I mean, me and Milo. Maybe, probably bigger. Wait, grandfather alligator? Bigger than How do you Milo. know about him? I'm just guessing if it's a big alligator, it's bigger than you and Marlo put together. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she turned around and lowered her horns and shook them threateningly at the alligators. Keep away now, she said. We won't stand any nonsense. Yeah, it's a cow! Um, but the alligators only laughed, and one of them said, Oh, you won't, eh? Well, what did you come into our country for then? We're peaceable animals, said Mrs. Wiggins, and all we ask is to be shown the shortest way out of your country. We're lost, and we shall be very much obliged if you would help us find ourselves again. But if you won't help us out, we shall have to go on and find our own way out. Then all the alligators laughed so hard that two of them choked, and their friends had to whack them on the backs with their tails. And they said, Do you know where you are? You're on an island in the middle of alligator country. You can't get away. Tonight, we alligators are going to have you for supper. The animals saw now that they were indeed in a bad fix. This is even worse than being fricasseed, said Charles. Fricasseed? Yeah, I don't know what that fricasseed. is. Fricasseed. But Freddy, the clever no, pig. That word is really funny. Oh, yeah? Fricasseed. 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 Uh, Freddy, the clever pig, had an idea. And although he was very much scared, he said to the alligators, Gentlemen, you will make a very great mistake if you eat us. We are not ordinary animals. We are the first animals in the world who ever migrated. We have come far in the north, thousands of miles. We have traveled to visit your beautiful country and to take back word of your, the, its loveliness to our people. Surely you would not be so inhospitable as to eat us for supper. He speaks very nicely, said one of the alligators. But I am sure he would taste even better. He's so round and plump. Another one said, there may be something in what you say, pig. We will take you to the grandfather of all alligators, and you may tell him what you have told us. Perhaps he will let you go. Grandfather alligator. See? 
and perhaps he will eat you for supper just the same. That is for him to decide. And so he led them across this island to where the water and the swamp began again on the other side. And he stood on the bank and called, Oh, grandfather of all the alligators, there be strangers here who would have speech with thee. Nothing happened for some time, and there was a bubbling and a boiling of the water, and a huge head, as big as a barrel, appeared. So, you know how big a barrel is? It's like, big, it's like bigger than you. you. You and Marla could fit inside of it. I know. Inside I of the head. I know. Yeah. But I've seen a barrel. Okay. And after they had a body as long as Mrs. Wiggins and Hank and Jack and Robert and Freddie together. He was a grandfather of all the alligators. And he was so old that there were green moss growing all over him. He opened one wise old eye. And his deep, grumbling voice said sleepily, What do they want? <clears throat> what do they want? No! <laughs> they don't want to be eaten for supper, said the other gather. Said the other gather. Eat him for lunch, then, said the grandfather of all alligators. And what? <laughs> and began to sink out of sight again. But Freddy rushed down to the edge of the water and shouted, Oh, grandfather of all the alligators, we are strangers in your beautiful country, and we have come thousands of miles to visit you and tell of our own land, tell you of our own land, of which you have never heard. The grandfather of all the alligators opened his, both his eyes and stopped sinking. Why didn't you say that so in the first place? He asked. That alters the case entirely. I hear very little news of the great world in this quiet spot. By all means, tell me of your home. Oh, grandfather of all the... Freddy began. But the grandfather of all the alligators stopped him. We better, he said, if you could call me simply grandfather. And he closed his eyes and sank till everything but his ears was underwater and prepared to listen. Then Freddy told of the life that had lived, he had lived up north on Mr. Bean's farm and how cold it was in the winter and of the trip in the south. Every time he stopped for breath, the alligators who were sitting around in a circle would say, Yes, yes, go on. And Freddy went on until he was tired. And then Jinx took up the story and he was tired. And Charles went on with it. By the time Charles had finished, they had told everything they could think of. It was almost sunset. Then the grandfather of all the alligators came up to the top of the water again. And opened his eyes and said, I thank you for telling us of your wonderful country. It's been very interesting. And now, as it is almost supper time, we will go on with the feast. I'm sure you will all taste very much better for the entertainment you have given us. At this, the animal were very much alarmed. You don't mean to say to eat, you're going to eat us after all this time, they cried. Why, of course, said the grandfather of all the alligators. Nothing was ever said about our not eating you, was there? This made the animals very angry, and Jinx was so mad that he almost had a fit. You mean to say, he screamed, that you've gone and let us talk ourselves hoarse for nothing, you great big muddy long-nosed leather-skinned hippopotamus, you? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What do you suppose all the animals up north are going to think of you when they hear about it, eating up visitors who came to make you a friendly call? A nice opinion they'll get of Florida. My goodness, I should say so, exclaimed Mrs. Wiggins, and the President of the United States, too. He shook hands with us and wished us a pleasant journey. What'll he say? He'll, he'll, say his, he'll send his army down here and drive all of you alligators in the ocean. That's what he'll do, said Jinx. The father of all the alligators smiled. A smile was eight feet broad. What, do you, what you say may be so, he remarked. But who's going to tell him? Answer me that. Who's going to tell him? You, madam? He asked Mrs. Wiggins. 
Nah, I think not. You'll be eating up horns, hooves, and tail. And so, but Henrietta interrupted. We're going to tell him, she said. My husband and I, you may eat the animals, but you can't eat us, because you can't catch us. We can fly. My dear, said the grandfather of all the animals, I am more than 800 years old. I was century old when Ponce de Leon came to Florida to look for the Fountain of Youth. I remember Balboa well, a tall man with a black beard and a shiny steel hat. He made the same mistake you did, my friends. He mistook me for a log, but he was more fortunate than you. He got away with merely the loss of one of his boots. The grandfather of all the alligators smiled at this memory. A delicious boot it was, too. Old Spanish leather. I chewed on it for half a day. Yes, as I was saying, I'm very old. Yet, in all my 800 years, I have never seen or heard of a hen or a rooster who could fly like other birds. Now, it was true that hens and roosters cannot fly as well as most birds, but they don't like to be reminded of it. Henrietta became very angry. Is that so? she exclaimed. Well, if you've kept your eyes shut for 800 years, it's no wonder you don't know anything. Never saw a rooster who could fly, eh? Well, you're going to see one now. Charles, she said to her husband, fly up in those trees on the other side of the water. Now, the trees were quite a long way off, and Charles had never in his life flown further than the, from the ground to the top of a fence. Good gracious, Henrietta, he whispered. I can't fly up there. I won't be able to go half that distance. And I'll drop into the water, and the alligators will eat me. Well, they'll certainly eat you if you don't fly up there, she whispered back. You've got to do it. It's our one chance of escaping. If they think you will go back and tell the president, they will let us go. Well, I'll try it, said Charles. So he kissed Henrietta goodbye, squared his shoulders, flapped his wing and started while all the animals cheered and the alligators giggled and poked each other in the ribs with their elbows. He fell in the water and they ate him up. What? Just check to see if you were listening. Charles flew up in the air, up, up higher than he had ever been before, as high as the tops of the trees. And they started across the water. Down below, the animals held their breath as they watched him. They saw him flapping his wings so hard that feathers flew out of them and floated downward. But he could not get any higher. He was coming slowly down toward the water, and two of the alligators plunged in and swam out to be under him when he came down. He'll never make it, said Mrs. Wiggins sadly. Never in the world. But suddenly they saw him stop moving his wings. He spread them out and held them motionless, and to the amazement of all the onlookers, went straight across the water, faster, faster, laden with a flutter in the trees. What had happened was this. There was a strong wind blowing across the swamp, but the island shut in by walls and high trees, was like a room. And the wind did not come down there at all. It was this wind that had caught Charles and blown him safely across. But of course, none of the onlookers knew this, and they thought he had done it himself. Then all the animals set up a great cheer, and the alligators had nothing to say at all. And the grandfather of all the alligators opened his eyes wider than he had opened them in 600 years and exclaimed, Well, upon my word, I never should have believed it, never. But Henrietta said, now what are you going to do about eating us? Why, that was all a joke, my... <coughs> Why, that was all a joke, my dear, said the grandfather of all the alligators. We alligators, we have a little jokes, you know. Do tell your accomplished husband to come back. So we can thank him for his fine exhibition, and then we will show you the way out of the swamp. And part of peace and goodwill. Oh, yes, you old fraud, said Henrietta. Ask him to come back so you can eat him. No, Charles will stay right where he is, in the top of the tree picture of the alligators. Your suspicions are most unjust, said the grandfather of all the alligators. With a sigh, we would not him for the worlds. We respect and admire him greatly. However, I see you are anxious to be gone and is indeed getting late. 
My children, he said to the other alligators, show those animals safely to the edge of the swamp and see that no harm comes to them. Goodbye, my friends. I thank you one and, one and all for your entertainment. I am sorry that you took a little joke in earnest. However, that is the past now. No hard feelings, I trust. Oh, not at all, said Henrietta sarcastically. And the grandfather of all the alligators sank slowly out of sight. The alligators showed the animals the dry and easy path to the edge of the swamp, and they were all very happy when they came on dry land once more. Charles did not come down within reach of the alligators, but it fluttered along in the treetops. Then the alligators said goodbye and wished them a pleasant journey. When the animals had gone on a little way, they looked back and saw the alligators sitting in a row and looking after them. And great tears were rolling from their eyes and dropping to the ground. And the sound of their sobbing could be heard for miles. And the sound of their sobbing could be heard for miles. But then the alligator stopped. Then the alligator stopped. Why, I believe they really are sorry to have us go, said Alice, the duck. I suppose it is lonesome not to <laughs> said Henrietta. Of course they're sorry. They're not crying because they like us. They're crying because they'll have to go to bed without their supper tonight. All right, what did you think of that? Um, what did you think about that chapter? It was a good chapter. I can another. Can we? Why?